HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. This week on Meet and 3, we celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month with an episode about memory. I've always read and sort of approached cookbooks for more than the recipes. To me, they are full of narrative content and narrative value. So Malama Aina basically means to take care of the land. For us as Hawaiians, it's taking care of our older sibling. But I do remember like definitely feeling like self-conscious about it, like being the only one who kind of wasn't eating a sandwich and like didn't have a bag of goldfish or Lunchables. Listen to Meet and 3 wherever you get your podcasts. As guests return to your bar, they're going to be thrilled just to be back in their second homes. But imagine how much more thrilled they'll be when you add a little razzle-dazzle to your toolbox. Personal technique and flair are skills that can constantly be built upon to ensure you serve up excellent drinks every time. Diageo Bar Academy has gathered the very best serving inspiration from around the globe with top tips on canning, batching, garnishing, smoking, muddling, shaking, measuring, pouring, all this and so much more. Want to know how San Francisco's Blind Tiger crafts crystal clear ice or how Jay Khan of Hong Kong's Koa ferments his own tapache and how he uses it in cocktails? Or how Jack Sodi manages a Solera system for his barrel-aged cocktails at Boilermaker House in Melbourne. You'll find all that and more at DiageoBarAcademy.com. Stay informed, get inspired, and nurture connections to grow your career or your business by joining Diageo Bar Academy. Visit DiageoBarAcademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O BarAcademy.com. Visit today. It's completely free, and you will be amazed at all they have to offer. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com log on now at diageobaracademy.com to raise the bar and enhance your career
I'm Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. And I welcome you, Chava. I welcome you to... Roy, I want you to be ready. I'm going to need some sound effects for this. I welcome you to... <laughs> the birth and death of the CRM. CRM being the certifying body that tells you that, that polices mezcal. It's the Supreme Court of the mezcal, if you will. Right. So this is this is part four of our three-part gnome miniseries. If you listen to the previous parts, then you understand that the gnomes, N-O-M's, normifications, that the gnomes in Mexico are the rules that define what a thing is. And gnome 070, very specifically, is the regulation that defines what mezcal is. With a lot of detail from the kind of alembic you can use, the kind of me- the amount of methanol it needs to have, uh, all the processes defined there. And the idea is that that protects the integrity of the drink, that someone that is doing something industrial cannot call it artisanal, and someone that is doing something artisanal can sell it for more money in the market because the consumer knows that the, the process involved in that took more money, time, and expertise. Right? Right, right. But, but you know, the key here is that there's also a gnome that defines what pulque is, right? But there's no certifying body that looks over that gnome and drinks the pulque and says, this is pulque, this is not pulque. Right. But there is that because there's a denomination of origin. There is that with mezcal and that certifying body is the CRM. They so. okay, so that NAM that defines mezcal, NAM 070, was brought into existence, was written in November of 1994. And then Mm. the CRM itself, again, was called. Comer came back then, but they came into existence in December of 1997 as a body that would regulate the the gnome, that would basically... Oh, well, so before 97, like, nobody will stop you if you were using mezcal. There was not a body to enforce this at all. That's correct. That's correct. Just like pulque today. Yeah. But, but, But the truth is, even though they formed the CRM in 97, and by they, I mean a bunch of people who were involved in the mezcal industry, people who made it, people who owned brands, people who sold it. Um, so they formed that in December of 97, but they did not actually receive accreditation to regulate the gnome, to certify mm. spirits as mezcal until October of 2003, six years later. Why did it take six wow. years? I know. Uh, yes. Yes. That, 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 that sounds like a, yeah. That, okay. Fascinating. Uh, and then what happened? So they, they got that. Where, where are they based? In, like they're in Mexico, obviously, but are they? Well, they're ba- in Mexico. Their the offices are in Oaxaca. Oh, so, so they're in the south of Mexico, and we know that not only Oaxaca makes mezcal, right? So why are they based in Oaxaca if there's nine states in the country where you can make mezcal? Well, I, you know what? That's a good question. It's also a good question. What happened in those six years uh, between the formation of the CRM <laughs> and the accreditation? And in fact, you and I, this is. This is an oh man. This is like the livest issue we've talked about. This this fight. There's a fight going on right now, um, and and it's not going to be resolved by the time you are listening to this episode. Um, so 
but we want to get this episode out fast because this is fascinating stuff that people people want to better understand. So um, you and I, Chava, are going to be interviewing in a couple of days one of the guys who was around for the formation of the CRM. And I, mm. I and so we'll ask them, A, what was the six-year um, uh, wait between formation and accreditation? And then also, uh, we'll ask him, wait, what was the second issue we were going to ask him about? <laughs> well, why are they in Oaxaca? And what we'll say, because it was the, the most prominent place where mezcal was made. But even volume-wise, I, I will claim that, you know, in Jalisco, maybe they had a lot of volume. But again, we're, we're going to have an interview with him. We'll be able to ask him all those Ten little details. So if it, but, so if, uh, if you're a listener who cares about those details, check out our episode page, and we'll have a link to the interview on there. Okay, so and I, I do have another question. Is the CRM regarded as a very efficient body? Like, you know, the CRT, which is a certifying body for tequila, it's uh, very much understood to be super efficient, super fast, uh, con- has a lot of contentious matter to it, but it's understood to be a very fast, efficient, protecting tequileros interest kind of body. Is the CRM perceived in the same way? Ah, I think that's a bad question. I don't think it's a fair oh, okay. question. You know, okay. I like okay. I, I haven't done any surveys. Have you done surveys? Yeah, yeah, I have them in my car. I drove all around Mexico City today. You don't have a car. That's have, nonsense. I have a soccer mom band. Okay. Okay. So and I drive like like that. Okay. Anyway. So. Back to the issue at hand, Java. So the CRM uh, in October of 2003 uh, became the body that got to certify whether your agave spirit was or was not mezcal. Mm. And they did that by interpreting this document, the Gnome 070, which defined mezcal. Now, so that's 2003. Nine years later, uh, this guy named Hippocrates Nolasco won uh, uh, his campaign to become president of the CRM, right? Wow. So it's a membership body made up of people who make mezcal, who own brands, who are somehow involved in mezcal. Mm-hmm. And Hippocrates, who at the time, and I believe still does, uh, at the time um, ran the labs that tested agave spirits to determine whether or not chemically uh, they did meet the requirements to be certified as mezcal. Hippocrates won office. And, and yeah, but fun fact, there's only one lab that the CRM recognizes to be able to do this testing. It's, this is not crazy testing. This is rather simple testing, honestly. But there's only one lab that the CRM recognizes to be capable of doing that, and that is that lab. But correct? it was, I, uh, that is my understanding, but I wouldn't, you know, I might, I might have that wrong. But, um, he, that was also the case before he won office, yes? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so, you know, so I, I don't want to make it sound like he uh, took over, uh, took the office and then also directed everybody to his lab. That was just always the case. People respected his lab for the work that he did. Mm-hmm. So he, so Hippocrates won office, won presidency in 2012. And at that point, uh, the bylaws of the CRM said you have one three-year term as president and then you leave office. But- Hippocrates has now held the office of president of the CRM for three terms. Well, that's crazy because, you know, in Mexico, we are very sensitive about re-election. Our presidents only run for one term. Our governors only do one term because we have the ghost of Porfirio Diaz upon us of 70 years in power. (laughs) So, uh, 
So I, seven I, I, zero, I, seventy years, seven zero. Yeah, 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 or something like that. No, I can't remember. It was it was the longest possible time. Google that. Uh, I'm sure it says it says it there. But okay, yeah. No, that that was pretty. But anyways, we're very sensitive about re-election in Mexico. Okay, well, and and okay, and so now that brings us uh, to the question of is the CRM. Like historically, has it been seen as a good organization or a bad organization? As I say, you know, I, I, I don't think you can just put a fine point on that. As with everybody, there's going to be good stuff and bad stuff, right? Yeah, and also it depends a lot who you ask. Yeah, I'll give you. Yeah, so during during these nine years that Hippocrates has been running the CRM, without question. Mezcal has seen incredible growth. Exponential right? growth, it, yes. Yeah, it has sold so many more leaders around the world than it did before he was president. Yes, that is very correct. And that has led to the the, the economic benefit of a lot of people in Mexico, which is a good thing, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like a lot of these families used to sell, like we we heard this story all the time. They used to sell leaders for 12 pesos. A Coca-Cola was more expensive than Mezcal. To give you an idea, right. or it was almost right. as expensive. So the fact that now there's a bigger volume of mezcal being sold, but most importantly, that it's being sold at good prices or a lot better prices than before has definitely changed the lives of thousands of people, I, I believe. Oh, I'd, I'd say more than thousands. So, yeah. so okay, so there's the, there's the good, right? Um, but on the downside, the growth, to my mind, hasn't been Balanced growth. So hmm. I've got all these environmental concerns. We've talked about this on other episodes, right? I've got yeah, all these yeah, environmental yeah. concerns because so many wild lands where you had had where you had seen wild agave growing along with trees and other other plants and other animals, like those lands have been torn up and replaced with espadine farms, row after row after row of espadine farms, which just looks way too much like tequila country for me. Yes, and just the chopping of trees. When you go around places where they're doing mezcal, you don't get to see a lot of trees because all that wood is needed for distillation, for for cooking the agave, and then the water bodies are always usually not in the best of shapes because vinases are being poured in there. Yeah, there's a lot of concerns that uh, haven't been, I don't know, visited with care, I will say. Right. Right. Now, you can also say, well, none of that stuff is in the gnome. So is that the CRM's uh, obligation to, uh, to, to try and regulate it? But on the other hand, the CRM has made up rules along the way. Right. So mm. the things that aren't in the gnome and aren't on the books anywhere. So, for example, one of their Roy, I want you to do some sound effects <laughs> for this, too. One of their global mezcal ambassadors posted to social media about the CRM's rule that allows for pseudonyms to be used for mescaleros. You know, you can't find that anywhere on their site. It's not in the gnome. And it contradicts, in fact, what you and I see in gnome 142, which defines alcohol and labeling in general. Um, so, you know, like, is that, you know, yeah. now I should also say that that was posted by this guy who doesn't work for the CRM. He is just the global mezcal ambassador. But that same guy also said that certification of mezcal is free. So, you know, you have to take everything he, he posts with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what you're saying is it's it's not only a police body. It's not a policing body. They also have a lot of power in telling you which are the unwritten rules that they decide that 
that, 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 that they're going to let pass or they're going to enforce in the way that they want. Right. That's what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. Okay. I think that's right. Yeah. So, okay. So that's, that's the overview of the CRM. So now let's, let's get into this whole issue of Drama. what's going on with the CRM now. Right. So the there's this opera. Right. So, so, so. The timeline, as I understand it, is Hippocrates, this guy who has been president for three terms when it was originally only meant to be one term, so that's nine years instead of three years, this guy who's been president, they're coming up on the end of his uh, third term, and he announces, like, in in writing, he announces he's not going to run for a fourth term, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. The next thing I remember reading is that his vice president, Abelino, is that the guy's name? Abelino, yes. Yeah. So Abelino, uh, the the vice president who, who worked, who served under Hippocrates, he announces he's going to run for president. At which point, Hippocrates fires Abelino and, and delays the elections. Okay, so then as I understand it, um, and, and I really do mean that, as I understand it, I, I'm, I'm trying to read these documents that are in Spanish, and I'm not really even certain of the timeline. Uh, they're, they're using amazing language, amazingly colorful language in, in, the, in these documents. These comunicados are, if you were to travel back to like communist Russia, and you were talking about the traitors that are destroying the, oh. the, the richness of the of the people. But uh, anyways, so you're trying to read yeah. this, which even as a Mexican is between hilarious and confusing and, and scary. But right. keep on. But so the the next thing I see is an announcement from Hippocrates that he you know, like he's he's delayed the elections and now He's gathered a minion of 37 representatives, 37 people who claim to represent the different communities in which Mescal are made around Mexico. He's gathered them and they have voted him back into office, even though he had no intention of running. Oh, well, I guess if they want me for a fourth term. And, and so, so the people, so then, el pueblo, el pueblo is asking for him, Lou. You you don't stop the pe- the people's will. You can't you can't stop the people. And then, like less than twenty four hours later, I, I think it was even less than twelve hours later, a group of I believe it was a thousand or more CRM members gathered and held their own election, and they elected Abelino, that former VP who was fired by Hippocrates. <laughs> they elected Abelino to be the new president. Oh wow! And, and wow. Okay. So then, I, no, it gets better. I'm not done yet. I am not done yet. Oh, Lord. Chavo. Oh, Lord. Okay, okay. Attack, attack. Go, go, go. So so then there are all of these news stories about how the CRM offices have been raided and the computers have, have been stolen and a bunch of books and other paperwork have been stolen from the CRM offices. Hippocrates is accusing Abelino and his people. Abelino is accusing Hippocrates. I've, and I've, the police officers are involved. And yeah, the governor I, I, of Oaxaca. And and then and then they send the police to confiscate all the cars of the CRM, the cars that they used to travel to visit producers around Oaxaca because they they were declared as stolen. So the the, the police got to the premises of the CRM and tried to take the cars. Uh, it was also a huge drama. So yeah, like like things are getting uh, you know interesting. But then didn't you? Okay, so you just saw a video on YouTube as well. 
And what is, so Hippocrates, well, again, he says, oh, I'm not running for no fourth term. Oh, but they, they demanded that I, oh, like no, no, but, 37. But, but now he's saying he is not, but that he cannot give his charge through illegal ways. So he needs uh, transparency, legality for him to give up his presidency to the next people in charge who cannot be Abelino and their team because they are thieves and bad people. That's quote, oh my end God. of quote. So, okay, so, so you know, you've got all of this chaos going on and it, it, it makes me scratch my head and say, what does it all mean? It's really easy to get drawn into the drama, but what does it all mean? And I think we've got this great mm. quote from a Mezcal brand owner, you know, and... You know, Chava, I, tr I I reached out to a number of friends who own certified Mezcal brands asking uh, if they would go on record and nobody wanted their name connected to this because they don't know they don't know where the chips are going to fall. What's going to happen? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So so let's run that quote and you'll notice that the voice does not sound like a real person's voice and that's because we asked Roy our genius sound engineer uh to to mess with it so that this person could be anonymous. So run that quote. Uh, let's see. It would be uh, pretty funny if there wasn't so much hanging in the balance for uh, so many people whose livelihoods are tied up in this. I think there's a version of CRM that we all want to see, something that's run by honest people and, and has got a smart mandate to bring economic development, to uh, provide some kind of a, a counterbalance to the industrial behemoth of CRT. Uh, and hopefully this is a step towards that. Wow. So, you know, w w right? So what I'm hearing in that, Chava, is somebody who really wants to see a resolution, right, is concerned because you've got Mezcal and the CRM at 1% of what tequila is. Mm. And they see the opportunity, and that opportunity translates to hope and promise for all of these families through rural Mexico. And right now, all these livelihoods are in the line if uh, if you cannot certify your spirit, you cannot make it travel, you cannot pass it to, to the U.S., to, to Europe, to anywhere, because you have a very drastic bottleneck, right? Yeah, nobody can certify any mezcal right now. They can't do it because the CRM isn't open for business. But wait, wait, wait. I thought in another episode we said CRM is not the only certifying body at hand right now. Right you are, young Chava. So let's talk about that, right? So there are, as of the end of March of this year, there there are now five bodies that can certify Mezcal, four plus the CRM. So, okay, the CRM isn't open for business. I just, uh, if I'm a, a Mezcal brand, I just go over to one of these other bodies but, and but, I certify Mezcal, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, but it's, it's not as simple. It's the same phenomenon as why nobody wanted to go in record saying anything about the CRM. They are afraid that maybe the CRM sues or finds a way to kick these other certifier bodies out of the picture. And then you're seen as a traitor and you suffer or your brand suffers the consequences. So right. valid is, point. And I've had conversations with brand owners who have said to me that, in fact, they certified with another body and their mezcal got held up in customs as they mm -hmm. were trying to bring it into the USA. And, you know, I honestly, while I, I don't think they were lying to me, 
I don't know how they know that that was the reason that they were held up at customs. I've talked to a lot of people certified through the CRM, not certified as anything, who have been held up at customs. It just happens. But I do believe that they believed that. And if they believe that, they're going to be less likely to want to go over to another certifying body. Which gives you a, a an understanding on, on the clout that CRM has and how afraid everybody or how careful everybody is around this. Like everybody tiptoes around this stuff. Well, you know, they do. But here, I think, is the the pertinent point. And again, this is changing on, on a daily basis. We're seeing different things. So by the time this episode even airs, <laughs> uh, it could be that, that what I'm saying is obsolete, that everything that we've just said is obsolete. But if the CRM doesn't get their act together for one week, two weeks, three weeks, at some point, mm. at some point, these brand owners are going to have to take a chance with a different certifying body, right? We've got the world reopening now. I don't know what it looks like for you down in Mexico, young Chava, but oh, up no, here it's crazy. in Chicago. It's crazy. It's crazy. Everybody is out like, yeah, like everybody was locked in there for a year and a half. So yes, everybody's right, going nuts. Right. So, so you've got this demand and brands can't just wait. Brands can't wait. Producers can't wait. There is money waiting to be made and they can't just give that up to something that isn't mezcal because the CRM can't get their act together. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is a, uh, I don't know if this is a Hippocrates problem or mm. this is an Abellino problem or if it's a Hippocrates and Abellino problem. What I do know is the CRM is a body that consists of thousands of members who make mezcal or own mezcal brands and represent families across Mexico. Mm-hmm. And and the point to the CRM and the point to the leadership of the CRM is to support those families. And all I'm seeing right now, and again, I'm not saying Abelino's the bad guy, Hippocrates is the <laughs> bad guy. What I am saying is at least one of them is a bad guy, right? And well, I, I only, I honestly well, don't think I'm this, bad, is, bad this is funny. They're putting, they're putting their interests over the families that they represent. That's exactly my point. They need to resolve this and resolve this fast because if they don't, if they don't, these brands are going to have to go bypass the CRM, go to one of these other certifying bodies, and we'll have links to the other certifying bodies on the web episode webpage. Yeah, and we even have quotes. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to go there because you can't afford to hold up the economic development of rural Mexico because of two people. Yeah, of, of, of an insti- because of an institutional fight. It's the stupidest thing. Well, I'm sorry to, to use strong language, but it doesn't make any sense. That body's there to make and to make the mezcal expression grow and, and be healthy and nice and travel around the planet and have a good reputation. And if they're doing anything short of that, then 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 well, then they're not doing their job. Yes, that. Yeah, so I think that's that's a wrap, Lou or Arno. I think else? that's a wrap. So yes, so we'll get this thing to run. We're gonna we're gonna have that interview with the guy who helped to found the CRM, and we'll put that on the episode page. If that's something that interests you, go check the page. And this is an ongoing story. We're just gonna keep adding to that page as things change. Um, so if this is a story that you're interested in, and you see how this impacts your bar or your restaurant. Uh, go check out the webpage for the latest. Well, thank you very much again, Lou. I'll see you soon in Chicago. Hasta pronto. 
This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.